0: Tonight, expecting the Holy Spirit of Almighty God to teach us this word. We're asking that he reveal to us the risen Lord that lives within us. We're asking this very night that he'd rise up and live big within me and give me utterance. We're asking, on the other hand, that he'd give us understanding of these scriptures, Lord. Father, we know the Spirit of God is the teacher of the church. He is the holy teacher. So we're asking him to work with us diligently this night that we may rise up out of mediocrity, out of, just out of the humdrum of of Christianity, into the power of the living God, and that we may operate exactly as you'd have us to, Father, on your revelation knowledge. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. We have been talking about eternal life. We've been teaching, I would for about two months now on Sunday night about eternal life the life and the nature of Almighty God and exactly what it is the source of it what it will do tonight we're going to talk about eternal life and how it was provided it's very important that you know how this life of God was provided for you That you may know exactly how it's provided, what the risen Lord went through to get this life to each of us. Praise God. Praise God. All right, to understand anything about eternal life, let's define, let's define exactly what I mean by eternal life. Eternal life in the scriptures, in the Greek, it was Aeonius zoe meaning the life and the nature as only God himself has it. This is what makes God, God, is eternal life, a substance that he is, he is totally this stuff. Uh, He is absolute. Do you know what absolute means? That means nothing else is in there. Well, he's absolute, Zoe. He's absolute, eternal life. He's absolute. There's nothing else. He's all this. This is the substance that makes God, God. It does not, eternal life does not mean that we'll live in heaven someday. Because eternal life, the sinner and the saint both have eternal life. They'll live forever. One of them will live in one place and we'll live in another. Eternal life. Thank God, we will live in heaven after this life. Thank God for the blessed hope. But what we're talking about is a substance that comes into your spirit at the new birth, and when you receive Jesus Christ, you receive His life. Praise God, the very life and nature of Almighty God. Amen. Hallelujah! All right, our scriptures that we, our, ba- our basic scriptures, has been John one and four. John five twenty six and John ten ten. John one four says, "In him was life," talking about the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, "In him was life, and this life was the light of men, or the development of men, or the outshining of God to men." Amen. And he said in John five twenty six, he said, "As the Father hath." life in himself, or zoe, or has this substance in him that makes him God. As God has zoe in him, so is he given the Son to have this zoe, or this life, eternal life, in him. Jesus said in John 10, 10, he said, The thief cometh not but for to kill, steal, and destroy, but he said, I am come that you might have this life and have it in overflowing abundance. Praise God. He said, this life of Almighty God that God's made of, he said, I have given it to the Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. He had it in him. And now when you get born again, you can have the same identical substance in you at the new birth. Hallelujah. There is no defeat in the life of God. There is no defeat in this at all. There is nothing that the evil one can come against you and do uh, uh, with this life and nature of God all right let's turn to Romans the fifth chapter we're going to look at how this life was provided we need to first of all look and see why this life had to be provided why it had to be provided Romans 5 and 12 speaking of Adam here he said wherefore as by one man sin entered into the world and death by sin and so death passed upon all men for all that sin when we read about death in the new testament he is not talking uh uh uh, sin and death he is not talking about acts like uh an outward act uh stealing or lying or, or any of these other things uh, adultery. He's not talking about sin as that, but sin as a nature. Amen. It is the life and nature of the devil. It is the life and nature of the evil one. And right, he said, "As by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin." All right in the wake of sin that adam's transgression against almighty god and him committing high treason against god it opened the door to the evil one satan and he came right through adam's spirit and set up a kingdom in this world of spiritual death spiritual death took place a kingdom was set up and every man born into this world was born into that kingdom born into that See, when you get born again, you get translated out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. Hallelujah, you get out of that kingdom, transferred, transferred, you leave that kingdom. Hallelujah. All right, turn with me to 1 Corinthians, the 15th chapter and the 45th verse. It's a verse there we need to recognize exactly what happened. And why that man is in the shape he's in If he's not born again You know he's in trouble Amen. You know a man doesn't know Jesus is in trouble He's in trouble and he don't know it Amen. He don't know he, he's hungry for something And he don't know what he's looking for right. he, don't, he never tasted the word of God He don't know if he's mi- missing it or not You know if you'd never eat apple pie You would never miss it that's why a lot of people, they, 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 you know, they say, well, he got saved and filled with the Holy Ghost. Why didn't he go on with the Lord? He didn't know anything. He never tasted of the Word of God. He never got it in his spirit. He never got a taste of it. See, a lot of times, you ever notice that people come in and get saved, filled with the Spirit of God, and maybe not go on but a month or two or three or four or five months and fall on the wayside? You ever thought about why that is? This life and nature of Almighty God, this zoe, this nature, it will live its own life if received in sufficient measure. It'll live its own self. Well, what's wrong? They did not receive it in sufficient measure. Well, isn't, they, isn't it all the same new birth? Yes, it is the same new birth. But to the point that you will make a commitment to Almighty God, that's the point. He can, he can fill you with the life and nature of God. Are you hearing me? If you'll make a commitment to God, and I'm gonna go with you all the way to here, that's as far as infinity. That's as far as the life of God. I'm gonna go with you all the way, but that's as far as infinity. Do you hear me? It, it means something in the commitment of Almighty God. All right, uh, First Corinthians, 15th chapter, and the 45th verse it says in king james version it said and so it is written the first man adam was made a living soul the last adam talking about jesus christ the last adam was made a quickening spirit there's two different things there isn't it one of of them there is a living soul and the other is a quickening spirit do you know the difference it's very important that you know what he's saying there Barclay translates that said the first Adam became a life-having person a life-having person the first Adam became a life-having person when God made Adam he made him out of clay and he picked him up and blew his life His breath into him he had the life and the nature of Almighty God it was in Adam that life of God I mean straight from God it came Just like it came to you Wade translates that verse of the last Adam became a spirit imparting spiritual life the first Adam became a life-having person the last Adam became a spirit imparting spiritual life in other words Well, let me read you this other translation here. He said, The first Adam was created to have a living nature. The second Adam to be a life-giving spirit. There is a difference. Adam could not transmit the life and nature of God. He was not a quickening spirit, a life-giving spirit. He was a life-containing spirit. God put the life and nature of God in him. You say, well, wasn't all his, didn't all his children that were born after him, uh, how, how did they get the life of God, or how did they have become dead? God, if they hadn't committed high treason and sin, God would have had to deal with every one of them individually. In the garden, there was the, gar- uh, uh, the tree of, of life, and there was still the tree of life. Uh, of, of the knowledge of good and evil. See, they was both there. They was both there. And he would have to deal with everyone that born into this earth on individual basis. Do you know he's still dealing with folks on an individual basis? Amen. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. All right, the reason that I brought this verse up is this. It is very important that you know that Adam could not pass this life on but it is also important that you know when children are born into this world they're not born spiritually dead so there's got to be his son if he couldn't transmit this if he couldn't if this life of god couldn't be transmitted uh through natural birth then how did how how come those children were born they weren't spiritually dead huh how come little children if they die they go to heaven amen why why because because here's the reason Adam was a life-containing spirit he could not transmit this but when he committed high treason when he sinned against our Almighty God it opened the door to Satan and Satan came in and set up his kingdom in this world he had a kingdom second Corinthians 4-4 calls him the god of this world jesus called him in one translation the evil genius of this world well when they were born into this world they were not spiritually dead but they were born into something that was his kingdom and it was like being born into a smallpox epidemic they were just born right in the middle of it right in the middle of the bubonic plague and everyone into this kingdom uh, it, it affected them and they died spiritually every single one of them. He didn't have to transmit death they was born in an environment that was spiritually dead and it affected everyone that came into the earth are you seeing the difference see the reason I'm telling you this it's some teaching going on now about the Adamic nature the Adamic nature Adam never had a nature he never had a nature. You know, he had one nature, and that was the nature of God, and then he had the nature of the devil. There ain't the two natures. There's no Adamic nature, and no, uh, well, that's his just all human nature. No, there's two natures in this world, God's nature and Satan's nature, and that's all. Right. Are you hearing me? Amen. And if you've been born again, you've got the lie, the nature of Almighty God in you, praise God, and nothing that the enemy has can anywhere hurt you. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Hallelujah. Turn with me. Ephesians the fourth chapter now. Ephesians 4:17. Why did this life have to be provided? why did it because men were spiritually dead and they were eternally lost and jesus christ came to provide a life a nature that god himself had and see people jesus didn't come just to forgive your sins jesus didn't come just to do away with the sin problem it was deep-seated in man, something down deep in him. His nature was wrong, and it had to be changed. God didn't just cover the thing up and take care of the sins. He went to the root of the problem. The sin was caused by man's nature, and he went to the root of the problem and destroyed that. Yeah. And, you know, life and death happened all at one time at the new birth. You know, if, you, if you've ever experienced the new birth, you don't ever have to fear death. You done died one time. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Ephesians 4:17. Paul writing, he said, "This I say, and therefore testify in the Lord that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind, in the vanity of their mind. One translation, Cressman said, "They do not think clearly. Don't walk as those, those Gentiles walk, they don't think clearly." Adam's translation said, In the meaningless ways of thinking." They're meaningless ways of thinking. Do you know the world has a meaningless way of thinking? Amen. They don't think right. Amen. They don't think right. People, do you hear me? The world's not thinking right. Amen. If you were not for the Christian influence in this world, the whole thing would go to pot tomorrow. Amen. The whole and just be, you watch when the rapture takes place and people are taken away, blessed be God, this whole world, the whole thing's going to usher in the tribulation period it's going to be robbery and murder and everything in the world just running rampant and there'll be no law that can even enforce it because the Christian influence will be taken out. But he said in the vanity of their mind, don't walk the, the vanity of their mind, Adam said, in their meaningless ways of thinking. Something's wrong in the world today, worse than it's ever been. The whole world's thinking's wrong. The whole world's thinking's wrong, people. Do you know that? The world's thinking wrong. They don't think right. The moral values of the world has, has just disintegrated to nothing. I mean, it's nothing. It's zero, it's none, zero, 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 nothing anymore. The whole values that, that I grew up with just a short period of, of years ago, those values are gone now. Do you know that? They're disintegrated. They're gone. Man's word doesn't mean anything anymore. If he tells you something, well, that ain't nothing. You know, huh? something come up. No. The whole thinking system of the world is wrong, and the reason for it, 18th verse says there, why is their minds blinded? Why is their meaningless way of thinking? He said, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God. They're alienated from this eternal life. This is what's wrong with the world. They need this. See, that's the problem. I'm solving anybody's problem. It is needed. Is the life the nature of Almighty God, and receive it in fullest measure? Bless God. Amen. Now that'll solve anybody's problem. Cotton Patch, he he translates that 18th verse. That having their understanding darkened, he said, "With the shades of their mind pulled down." And then pull the shades down. It's dark. Where's it dark at? In their head. Their heads are dark. The shades has been pulled down. There's something wrong upstairs in people's heads. They don't think right anymore. They'd rather save a bald eagle than their head save a baby. Something's wrong. Do you hear me? Something's wrong. There's, There's something wrong. Their head ain't thinking right. The shades has been pulled down. Barclay translates that, said, their understanding is in the dark because of their complete inner ignorance. Something's wrong in the inside of them. Not just the head, down in the inside of them, in their spirit. They've got inner ignorance in there. And that comes from being alienated from the life of God. Cleeston Lilly said, with their understanding plunged into darkness, estranged, estranged from the life that God imparts. They're strangers to this. Doddridge's translation, let me read you that. He said, having the, under, the understanding darkened with respect to spiritual things by the influence of the prince of darkness upon them. The influence of, uh, of the prince of darkness has gotten people's minds befuddled. They've got everything uh, worked. You know over in, in Antioch, those Christians were, were doing mighty works and getting people saved, filled with the Holy Ghost, healed, set free, and everything. And they they, they, they they rose up and they said, "Those men that are in that way have turned that have turned the world upside down." No, that's the way the world thinks of upside down. We're turning we're turning it right side up. The world's what's wrong. The world's the things wrong. The only thing that will turn it right side up is Jesus Christ. Amen. It'll never be right until Jesus comes. Or oh, we take this thing for Jesus, one of the two. Amen. And I'd rather do the first one. <laughs> I'd rather have it ready for him when he gets in. Amen? Amen. Amplified said their blindness because of the deep seat, because of that deep uh, death seated in them. See, there's, there's a problem that God had to alleviate he had to do something with man and he couldn't just forgive them their sins he had forgiven their sins in the Old Testament he had done that for 4,000 years and the price finally had to be paid one day the price finally had to be paid you know you pay the interest on some other, some things long enough but one day the whole principle has to be paid you pay on the interest, you know, one day you're gonna to have to pay up. But well, it had to be paid up. And and the thing that had to be paid was for the sin. The sin. Now, death came because of this sin. But death is not just the nature of, 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 of Satan. It's also the judgment of God. Do you hear me? That comes about because of the judgment of God. They was alienated from His life. He had, He had His life left them. Now they've got a nature that's spiritually dead. The judgment of God. They've been separated from Almighty God. Their relationship is severed. They cannot get in fellowship with God. They cannot. All they can do is obey some kind of car laws. Do you know what the Ten Commandments is for? You know what it's for? It's for sinners. It's not for you. Someone said, well, I, I was looking at a church, I showed my wife, on the front of a New Testament church, a New Testament, in a New Testament church of God, the Ten Commandments was written on a New Testament church. You know, they didn't know any difference. Something's wrong. Ten Commandments are for sinners. He said, I'll take my laws and write them in your heart. All all the Ten Commandments ever done was try to curb sin. That's all it ever, and it it didn't do real good at that. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Spiritual things and this spiritual lack in man's life causes a vacuum in his spirit it's got he's gonna find something to fill it up with he's got he's hunting something do you know the hunger for the life and nature of God is the father of all false religions people are hunting for something that's why people get into drugs. That's why people get into alcohol. That's why they get into illicit sex. That's why they get into the occult and everything else. They've got a hunger in their spirit for the life, the nature of God, and nothing will satisfy. I don't care if they go to Buddha or rub his belly or what they do. Blessed be God. There is nothing that will satisfy that but the life and nature of Almighty God. Nothing will satisfy that hunger. Nothing will. People, we know what we've got. We've got the life and nature of Almighty God. This world out there is crying out for what we have. Amen. They're crying. They're crying out. Amen. They're crying in the streets. I need something. Amen. People's and homes are broken apart. Why? They don't have the love of God in the home. Amen. Nothing will put it there except the life and nature of God. Amen. They're hungry for it. You say, well, I, I, man, I've been to church. I've been... But you didn't know what you had. You know what you had. He said, my people, my, God said, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. They didn't know anything. Half the Christians, I say 80% of the Christians now, if sickness comes on, they thank God put it on them. You know, God's mad at them. That's right. They don't know any different. Don't know any different. We've been ministering to some Mexican migrant workers, and, and and you know, you know why they was trained. You know how they was trained. Now you listen to me. You think you think this is far-fetched? Just in a short distance in Mexico, you know the churches they go to. You know what they teach them? They've got tombs and caskets in their churches, and, and, and Jesus in the casket. Do you hear me? And that's the way they've been trained. And God's mad at you. God's mad at you. That's what they think. And you might can go to Mary, and you know, and she might soften it up, and God won't get you. He's mad at you for they killed Mary's little boy. Now, that's all the gospel's been boiled down to. That's what it's boiled down to, and they don't know anything else. You tell them about the Lord, and they just get saved like that. You know, they want the Lord. They want to do these things. But unless, uh, uh, unless they hear some of this, they won't do them any good. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Spiritual hunger, it causes man continually to search. He's always searching for something. He's always searching for something. And he'll never be satisfied till he meets, meets Jesus. He'll never. I don't care what he does. He'll never be satisfied till he meets the Lord. Turn back to Big John, the sixth chapter. Big John the sixth chapter, the 35th verse. John 6 and 35. King James said, and Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger. See that's the only thing that'll stop hunger. Said, "He that comes to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst." 20th century said, "I am the life-giving bread. I am the life-giving bread." Jesus said to them, "He that comes to me shall never be hungry. He that believes in me shall never thirst again." See, he said, "I'm the answer." In other words, I'm the answer. There's no other answer. I'm the one that'll fill that hunger in man's spirit. There's nothing else to fill it. Amen? Amen? Amen. Turn back to the fourth chapter there of John when he was talking to the woman at the well. Fourth chapter, the 13th verse. He said, And Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh the water of this water shall thirst again. Not out of the well, 14th verse, but whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst, but the water that I give him shall be in him a well of water springing up, Unto What? Everlasting life. Zoe. He said, this Zoe life, that's the only thing's going to satisfy. That thirst, that hunger, there's nothing else. People, these people hungry for what we've got. They're hungry. They've they got a burning hunger on the inside. They don't know what they're looking for. They're going to run here. They're going to run, run to death. They're going to run to alcohol. They're going to run to this. They're going to run to pornography. They're going to run to this. They're going to run to devil worship. They're going to run to alcohol. They're going to run to false religions. They're going to run to anything. But if we're there to guide them to Jesus Christ of Nazareth, that satisfaction will be there because he is eternal life. Eternal life, the only thing, the only thing that will satisfy that. Praise God. How did God provide this eternal life for us? How did he do it? Had to do away with that nature God had to do away with a penalty that man labored under he had to do away with that See, you've got to know this you can't contain the life and nature of God unless you're a righteous being yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you, you know what'll happen in the life of God get around darkness it shall expel it <laughs> It'll expel it. You can't hold it if you're not a righteous man. That's why it's good to know that you've been made righteous. You've been made so righteous you can contain God's own life. God's own life. Hallelujah. Praise God. Jesus had to pay the price for sin that, that the sin problem could be taken care of. Where that he could issue in this eternal life. Hebrews 2.9 said he tasted death for every man. He tasted death. He tasted death. Now that does not mean a physical death. That means a spiritual condition. What he, you know he said if I be lifted up from the earth I'll draw all men unto me. And he goes on the next verse. He said this signifying which death he should die people say well if you lift the Lord up he'll draw all the people. No, that's not what he said he said if I be lifted up from the earth I'll draw all men unto me he drew the whole world every person in the world he drew them into him he took their sin nature their death nature he tasted death for every man and when he did he died spiritually on the inside he died on the inside for if he hadn't have died on the inside he couldn't have never died physically cuz couldn't nothing touch him but he took your sin and my sin and he went out into the prison house of suffering, praise God, for you and for me. And he stayed under the hand of judgment until the God of this universe, the God Almighty cried out, it is enough, it's enough, the price has been paid. And he was raised out of that burning pit of hell. Amen. Praise, God. praise God. Matthew 12, 40 said, as Jonah was three days and three nights in the whale's belly, so shall the Son of Man be three, na- three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. He went down into the prison house. He took my place. He took my place. I deserved hell because I, I, had des- I had was alienated from the life of God. I had the wrong nature. But he took that wrong nature. He took my place up on the cross. He was my substitute. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. Whatever he done for me is already paid for. It's mine now. Amen. Acts 2.27, Acts 2.31 says, said said, seeing before the resurrection of the Lord, seeing that his soul was not left in hell, neither did his flesh see corruption. There's two resurrections of the soul and the flesh. He was raised out of there, and then he picked up his body up there in the tomb Amen. and is glorified. So he wasn't left there, was not left there. Romans 10, 6 says he wasn't left in the deep. 88th Psalm is a perfect picture of the Lord Jesus Christ in the pit of hell. So he suffered, he suffered under there. But God was doing this for a purpose. He was not just, he was just not, he wasn't doing this just to do away with the sin. He was doing away with your old man that you were. He is doing away with your old self, getting him out of the way where he could put a righteous being in this body and fill him with the life and nature of Almighty God. Amen. He was getting away, doing away with him, getting him out of the way, destroying him. 1 Timothy 3.16 said, Great is the mystery, mystery of godliness god was manifested manifested in the flesh justified in the spirit well when was he justified in the spirit i didn't know he had to be justified in the spirit did you he must have become unjustified then he must have became unrighteous he must have he must have had sin yes it was your sin and my sin he took this upon the cross. He said he became sin for us who knew no sin, that we could become the very righteousness of our Almighty God. Amen. Hallelujah. When Jesus was in the pit of hell, he stayed there under judgment three days and three nights. And on that third day, a declaration was You know, it reminds me of the Declaration of Independence. It was a declaration that rang out through the universe. It said, now man has been justified. He has been declared righteous. Every man that accepts the Lord Jesus Christ, at that very minute he becomes righteous. He becomes justified. He becomes a container of the life of God. Turn with me to Romans, the fourth chapter. Romans, the fourth chapter, the last verse. Talking about the Lord Jesus, he said, Who was delivered for our offenses? who was delivered for our offenses. He was delivered for ours. He was delivered for our sin. He was delivered for everything that was against mankind. He took everything that was against mankind upon that cross. He said, "Who was delivered for our offenses and was raised again for our justification?" When Jesus Christ, see the way you get saved is believe that God was raised Jesus from the dead, and the minute you believe that, everything that He did from the cross to the throne belongs to you. It's yours. He was your substitute at that very moment. Let me read you Weymouth's translation of that verse. He said, "Who?" who was surrendered to death because of of the offenses we had committed. He was surrendered to death, spiritual death. The condition of mankind came upon him on the cross. See, he was taken, what what was against mankind? What was it It alienated uh, man from God? It was the life and nature of God. He was alienated, separated from that. Death had him separated there. The life, thanatos in the Greek, meaning the life and nature of Satan. The evil nature man had this; it had to be destroyed, where man could contain the life and nature of Almighty God, just exactly like Jesus Christ. Amen. Richards' translation. Let me read you, read you that. Real, is an expanded paraphrase. He said, "As our stand-in, as our stand-in, he paid the death penalty due us by law for our crimes." as our agent as our agent he was restored to life making us accepted as though we were as deserving as he was <laughs> now that's good now i'm gonna read that again get hold to this don't just don't half listen to that listen with all your spirit Amen. are you listening to me Artie he said, as I stand in. See, Jesus was our stand in. When he went to the cross, he took my place. He died for me. Hallelujah. He took my place on that cross. Do you know, in, in, in Hollywood, they have stuntmen that stand in. I know one time I seen, you know, just a little kid, John Wayne, who jumped off of this high thing, you know, boom, blam, boom, 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 you know, and fell away down all this, you know, rolled up. Everything he got up and oh, he, done, he shot two or three while he was getting up. Everything was fine. But he didn't do that. But he got credit for doing that because they had a stunt man. They had someone that took his place and he got the credit for doing it. Everything that Jesus Christ did for us from, from his cross till he sat down at the right hand of God, that was for us. It was just like we done it. Amen. Just like we was there. Right. He done it for us. He took my place. Any of y'all ever heard me preach about Jesus in your jersey? Was something as good. He was in your jersey. He was your substitute. Praise the Lord. Young translates that said he was raised because of our being declared righteous. We was declared righteous. Praise the Lord. Jesus was made alive turn with me to first Peter the third chapter Let me show you a verse over there first Peter 318 first Peter 318 said for Christ also has once suffered for sins the just for the unjust that he might bring us to God being put to death in the flesh but quickened by the Spirit. The word quickened means to, to, to be made alive. He was made alive in the Spirit. Well, when, why did Jesus have to be made alive or quickened in the Spirit? Because he was spiritually dead. He had taken my nature, your nature. He had taken this thing. Well, when did he do that? When did that happen? Well, look at the next verse. He said, by which? By which? Here's when it happened, by which he also went and preached unto the spirits in prison. He went and preached to those not only in Abraham's bosom, but in both sides, I would imagine. When did he, when did he, was he made alive? When he was in hell. People, let me share something with you. Now, you may think you've been going through hell, and you may think you've got the toughest situation you've ever seen, but I'm telling you, you've got something on the inside of you that conquered hell. And I'm telling you, it conquered Satan right in his own hometown, right in his capital. Amen. And if it'll defeat him right there in the pit of hell, it'll defeat that hellish situation you're in. Amen. I'm telling you, if you rely on the God, the life of God in you, you cannot be defeated. Yeah, that's right. Praise the Lord. Barclay translates that verse, but his spirit, but his spirit he was brought to life. But in his spirit, he was brought to life. American Standard, Revised Standard, Alford, Youngs, Weymouth, Amplified, I can name them all and all, said he was made alive in his spirit. Made alive in his spirit. Well, what happened now? He was on the cross. He died spiritually. He had spiritual death. He took my sin, your sin. He died spiritually, but he was going through a process. He was going through the death the burial, and the resurrection to provide you a body a a spirit that could be righteous that could be filled with the life and nature of Almighty God he was going through this whole thing for one thing to get the life of God back in man hallelujah praise God he was our agent he was our stand-in he was our substitute he was our exchange. Anything that he done, did he defeat the devil? Do you know when he was raised out of the pit of hell? I'm talking about, it, he, he, he just, man, when, when you know, John seen him on the Isle of Patmos, then he turned around and he said, his eyes shot like fire. said, oh, his hair was like white as, you know, like wool. He didn't recognize him as, as I'm telling you, his his countenance had changed. He had been somewhere. Where had he been? He went through the very burning pit of hell for me and you. His eyes shot like fire. And he done that for me. And he done that for you and he done that whereby i can live victorious over anything the enemy has when he was raised up the first words come out his mouth in matthew 28 and 18 he said all hail all hail all hail all hail the power of jesus name let angels prostrate fall praise be to god hallelujah (laughs) has satan and all the angels, demon forces, uh, uh, evil angels, good—all of them had to fall prostrate. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm telling you, at the name of Jesus Christ today, you've got the right to use it. They still got to fall prostrate. Right. He said, "Now go ye into all the world. Go ye into all the world, and in my name you cast out the devil." in my name you go hallelujah you've got my life you've got me now when you become a christian it's no longer you that's living a new man lives in you his name's the christ hallelujah no longer i but the christ lives in you turn with me to ephesians the second chapter how is eternal life provided Jesus died and took your nature. He took, that, took away everything that was against mankind. He took it with him. I tell you what, he took everything against mankind and deposited in hell. <laughs> it's in hell. And the minute you accept Jesus Christ, it becomes real in your life. Ephesians, the second chapter, first verse. He said, and you hath he quickened or made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins. He said, where in times past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. See, that's how you used to walk. You walked like the children of disobedience. Third verse said, Among whom also we all had our conversational lifestyle in times past, in the lust of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. See, we had the, the nature of the evil one, children of wrath. Fourth verse said, But God, who in his rich, rich in his mercy, for his great love wherein he loved us even when we were dead in sins has quickened us together or made us alive together with Christ. By grace are you saved. This is the grace of God. This is, the new birth is a total work of grace. It was the grace of God. God took the responsibility of all the fall of man. Everything that man did, everything that happened in the garden, God took took the responsibility and said, I'll take the responsibility for it. And he sent one, the last Adam, to rectify this, rectify, and take on the sins of the world, and take them into himself, and become just like sinful man, and carry that into the the prison house of suffering, but on the third day of suffering down there, he was made alive, made alive. And it said you were quickened together with Christ. By grace was you saved. You was made alive or was given the life and nature of God when he did it to Christ right there in the pit of hell. I'm telling you, the new birth started right there in hell. Yeah. Amen. It started right there and it can't be defeated. Hallelujah. How did he give you life? He gave it to Christ and he, and he was my substitute. Right. He was my agent. He was my exchange. He was my stand-in. When he gave life to Christ, he gave life to me. Let me read that fifth verse again. It said, Even when you were dead in sins, hath quickened us together or made us alive together with Christ. By grace are you saved. 20th century revised edition said gave life to us in giving life to Christ good news translates that fifth verse he said he brought us to life with Christ he brought us to life cotton patch now listen to this he said he breathed the same new life into us as into the Christ the same new life that that raised Jesus Christ from the dead it raised you from spiritual death Arthur S. W. He said he thrilled us, thrilled us with the same new life when he quickened our Messiah. Same new life, he quickened our Messiah. He thrilled us with it. I like that, thrilled us. Can you get thrilled about this life that's in you? Can you get thrilled about what you have received from Jesus Christ? Hallelujah. Can you get thrilled every day? You know how you get thrilled? Get up every morning and talk about this. Hallelujah, Father. I thank you that I've got the life, the nature of God in me. I thank you this day that I have life, and this life is the light of man. I thank you that Jesus Christ came that I might have this life and have it in abundance. I thank you that Jesus Christ is the bread of life, and I have eaten of him, and I'll never hunger. I'll never thirst, praise God. Oh, glory to God. This life and nature of God drives out anything of the enemy. He said, it's that same life that raised Jesus Christ from the dead dwelling in you. It'll make alive your mortal body. Hallelujah. Totally. That's enough to get anybody healed right there. Praise the Lord. Three us with the same new life wherein he quickened our Messiah. He was using the Messiah to build a new race of people. The first Adam failed, but the last Adam created a new humanity, men with God in their spirits, God-men, God-men. God used the death, the burial, the resurrection to bring us to Zoe, bring us to life. Hallelujah. Praise God. Stand on your feet. say this with me. I, have the life of God in me I have the life of God in me and the law of life, and the law of life in Christ Jesus, in Christ Jesus has, set me free, has set me free from the law of sin and death in me is life
1: and this life is the light of men. And this life, is the light of
0: men. This life
1: Life
0: enhances my personality. Enhances my
1: personality.
0: Causes the love of God to flow out of me. This life of God in me
1: will
0: flow out of me as a river of living water.
1: It'll it affect the healing.
0: into people the life of God in me
1: is
0: the development, is the development
1: of, my spirit, of my
0: spirit my soul, of my soul. and my body and my the life of God in me, God in me.
1: Anything repels, anything repels anything of the enemy
0: it repels sin, it
1: repels sin. sickness Satan, Satan, Satan? Satan. You're,
0: under my feet. you're under my feet. The life of God, life of God. That, was that was in Jesus
1: is in me. In me. I have, a right, to use his name I have a right to use his name.
0: And you have to flee. You have
1: to flee. In, Jesus name, in Jesus' name, I'm more than a conqueror.
0: you no.